Hi guys, Princess here. Welcome to another episode of Bye Pumpkin. Um, yeah guys, uh, you're getting this on Mother's Day. Um, I hate Mother's Day. I fucking hate Mother's Day. <laughs> That's not surprising anybody listens. I, all I talk about is shit I hate. <laughs> That's all I do. <laughs> I enjoy being a mother. I really like being a mother. That You know, um, I, I think other people... I don't, I don't really know why other people enjoy motherhood. I think it has a lot to do with like loving their kid, like, like desperately being in love with their child and, and wanting the best for them and stuff. But, um, fact is I don't have to have any of these kids. I didn't have to, I, I made a deliberate choice for them to come into my world. I, what I like about motherhood is that, you know, as a natural born fixer, motherhood lets me fix things. I enjoy that each of them is a small little Rubik's cube that I work with every day and trying to like unlock the secrets and (laughs) figure out what's best. And you know what it is? It's like, you know, those treat balls you give dogs so that they get busy while you're not at home. So they won't like fuck up your house it's like that I'm they're each a little puzzle and when I figure out the puzzle I get a little love out of it and I I, I really enjoy motherhood I mean do they get on my fucking nerves yeah they're always on my motherfucking nerves <laughs> but I get a real joy out of the day-to-day of mothering um and like yeah it's, it's I, I don't I don't know how else to explain it like I do it's I did not have like an oops and then I was like well damn I got this kid and I guess I gotta love it and take care of it I deliberately came into this and I deliberately made choices for each of these children to be in my life and I really enjoy it I what I don't enjoy is Mother's Day I think Mother's Day is bullshit I think uh, unless your children are like grown or at least teenagey grown I I don't. It's, well, I'll just say this: the child, I have, I don't have a child at the age that I am not parenting them when I'm in their presence. I am always parenting them when they're in their presence. I have small children, and so if Mother's Day is a day off, I don't want to be with them because what am I going to be doing? Parenting them, and for me, I will say the only thing I miss about not having kids is alone time. Even when I was married, me and my husband had separate uh, work, like kind of work cycles and I was alone most of the time I went before we had kids I was essentially operating as a single person who got two paychecks direct deposited into her bank account that I was alone most of the time I get to sleep most of the time I would meet up with him and we would like go out on dates and hang out together and then we'd have a couple of days a week together but for the most part I was by myself and I really enjoy alone time. I love alone. I love doing shit by myself. And it's a little difficult when you have children because they believe. Now, I don't believe this, and I'm trying to disabuse them of this belief that whatever free time I have also belongs to them. Like, that if if they can see me, then I'm available to them. And I must be available to talk to them, listen to their stories, accept hugs and kisses at all times. Uh, I may not sound like one, but I am absolutely an introvert. And 
all this touching and hugging and kissing and stuff, and then like, I'm I'm touched out. And it's not that I don't want to, but it's just that like it's a lot. And so on Mother's Day, like pre-pandy, I would just be alone. I go to Target by myself and browse. I might go to a movie by myself. I go eat by myself, and I show up back at home around dinner ready to accept these homemade gifts. That's another thing. I don't want any fucking homemade gifts, guys. Kids don't have any money, they're children. And the gifts that they give you are generally art projects that you then have to find a place to put. What they're giving you is a task. And then you can't ever throw it away because then you're a bad mother. So, right? So now, like Bear Bear at preschool made a little um, picture frame. And his picture put a picture of him in it. And it says mommy and then his name and some hearts and stuff. Great. Super cute. I don't want this. The fuck am I gonna do with this? I see Bear Bear every day. I have a million fucking pictures of Bear Bear. A million. I do not need this. And now, I now, like, as I'm also someone who doesn't like to own a lot of things. Like, having a lot of things bothers me. Uh, I, I mean, listen, I, I have a seven-person family and I live in a home. I, I have a lot of things. But it is still very stressful for me. Um, I often want to go back to the days where all I had were like two suitcases of items and everything. I could like move states in a, in a fucking Ford or Honda. I just start and just be off to a new place. Uh, and just like, there is such pressure of owning things. And so when they give me stuff that I did not ask for and also do not want, and then I have to find a way to keep it so so that when they ask me about it, I don't have to, they, or they don't find it in the trash because, you know, part of their chores is to take out trash. What if they go out there in the trash and they see their fucking gift? What does that make them feel like? Okay, so now I got to keep it. I got to, what am I put in the attic? What, what am I going to fucking do with this? Do I just keep it until they're adults and then give it to them? I don't fucking know. Um, so I don't want these fucking homemade gifts. I don't want no breakfast in bed. I don't like to eat in my bed. I don't like to, I don't like to eat reclining. I don't do shit in my bed except for sleep and fuck. That's what I do in my bed. And that is one of the reasons why I sleep beautifully. I am not someone who has insomnia. I'm never on Twitter in the middle of the night going, can't sleep. Nope. Mm-mm. You know why? Well, there's a number of reasons why I have excellent sleep hygiene. But, and I, and I also believe some of it's fucking genetic. I do, I really do. I don't, I, I, I think I have really good sleep hygiene, or, but also I think the ability for me to fall asleep is also something I'm just born with. But yeah, I used to like have trouble sleeping and stuff. And one of the things I did was I stopped doing shit in my bed except for sleeping. And now when it's, and I have a night routine that goes to bed. And now when I go to sleep, when, when my brain sees my bed, it's like, oh bitch, we going to sleep. Cause there's no other reason to be in there. Why would we be in there? Oh, we fucking, okay, then we're going to sleep soon. Fine, either way, we're on our way. If I put on my pajamas, <clears throat> if I put on my pajamas and then go sit near my bed, I will be asleep within seconds because I don't do shit in there. I, so I don't want no breakfast in bed. I don't want eggs in my sheets. No, no, thank you. Um, I And my husband can buy me things, but the truth is that I am... I don't know. We, uh, we've been married a long time and we share a bank account and, and even if he doesn't buy it from the bank account, 
whatever he's got is half mine anyway. So is that really a gift? I mean, I guess technically it is, but I'm not interested in it. And I'm very hard to buy for. I don't want very many things. I can't even think of a thing. Like if, you know how like on Twitter, they'll be like, oh, if you had a million dollars, what's the first thing you will buy? I have everything I want. <laughs> I just do. I I have everything I need. And if I, there was something I wanted, I would go get it. I, you know, so that's why my husband, when he buys me things, tends to buy like really things that I would never buy myself because I am not someone who's like, oh, I need to buy this. I need to buy that. I'm shopping for that. It's just not. And yeah, I know that you're listening to this. And you're going like this difficult ass bitch. Yeah, I know. I fucking know. This is why when people are like, I want to get you. I'm like, what, what do you, what, what do you want from me? Like, this is going to be a process. You're going to keep trying to look for stuff to get me. I'm not going to want them. Or if I want them, I already have them. And then you're going to get upset with me when I never asked you to give me shit anyway. All I want for Mother's Day is the same thing I want for my birthday, the same thing I want for Thanksgiving, the same thing I want for Christmas. I guess you don't give gifts on Thanksgiving. Well, the same thing I want for a hostess gift or Black History Month or Christmas or Arbor Day or whatever is to be left alone. Like, don't call me, don't text me, don't ask me for shit, don't interact with me. Just leave me the fuck alone. That's really all I fucking want out of life. <laughs> okay. So, I, yeah, I, it, it is what it is. And so, I prefer a childless Mother's Day. Um, we're in a pandy now. Like, so pre-pandy, I go out by myself. But we're in a pandy now, and I'm not really out and about. I am vaxxed, but I'm still not, like, up and down the street, out in these streets like this, you know? And I really don't want to go to Target. I don't, I don't want to go anywhere. So what I really want to do is I want to be in my room alone. And my husband's like, okay, well, I can just make sure the kids stay out there. I'm like, no, I don't want to see you either. <laughs> I actually do want to see him. He's on noon to midnight um, these days. And actually, as of today, uh, he has already worked 60 hours for the week. And he's still not done. And and I do feel for him. And I do want to see him. But not on Mother's Day. Even my mother knows. not to, She'll catch me on Monday. I speak to my mother two fucking three times a day, sometimes five times. Me and my mother speak a lot. And usually starting at 7 a.m. That's when I speak to my mother. We That's like a 15-minute phone call. And depending on what happens the rest of the day, whether we want to complain to each other, whether these kids do something wild, whether my daddy do something wild, whatever, we will call each other throughout the day. I spoke to her quite a bit this last week because her sister is um, ill. And uh, as I talked about before, two of her sisters died two years ago in the, within a month. And I am concerned. I'm not that concerned about my aunt. I don't like her and she doesn't like me. That's fine. You know, wait, there's no beef between us. Just she was mean to me when I was a kid. She was mean to me. And so I've never really, like, seen it for her. And uh, and she was mean to me in a way in which if you were to confront her about it, she would say I was a sensitive person. Um, so I just never really fucked with her. Um, and... Uh, so like, 
obviously I don't want her to die, but if she does die, I'm not going to be like, oh no, like, I'm not going to be like really fucked up about it, but my mom might be, and I'm so I'm worried about her. So I've talked to her like a few times, uh, a little, just more extra stuff because she's dealing like with like going down taking care of her sister and stuff. I talk to my mom all the time. And so I don't need to talk to her on Mother's Day. She's already got her gift. I already sent it to her. She's got her fucking card. She sent me a gift. She sent me like, she and my dad sent me like a very big Chipotle gift card. Um, it's going to last me fucking forever. I haven't really eaten at Chipotle since I started antidepressants. Uh, <laughs> I just ate there once because my husband wanted to go. And I, the food was fine. I didn't finish it. I don't know. I, I Guys, apparent, for the last maybe decade, my personality has been that I love Chipotle. That's been my whole fucking personality. And plot twist, I was actually in a deep depression. <laughs> I do not want, I'm not hungry. I don't, and I certainly don't want Chipotle. Uh, but it's fine. I, you know, it's probably ebbs, it's going to ebb and flow. So we'll see. And uh, I have a large gift card in case I need it. Um, but yeah, like I'm, I'm fine. And I, I'm, I just don't want to spend a lot of time with people on Mother's Day. And it's not that I think that people who do want to do a lot of the things with people on Mother's Day are like bad people or anything. I just think that if it's your day, then you get to choose how you want to spend it. And if how you want to spend it is like the morning alone, and then you do a bunch of like gifts and lunches and stuff like that, that's fine. And if you want to have like a big brunch and all the mothers in your family get together and take pictures and talk about momming and shit. Awesome. But for me, the thing I don't get is the long time. Someone that's always talking to me, needing me. And it's not just kids. It's friends. It's coworkers. It's my husband. It's family members. Someone is always looking for me. Always. They need something from me. They need to ask me a question. They need, to, And I think that's one of the reasons why I am in and out of social media. Social media can be too much for me because my life can be too much sometimes. I like quietness. Uh, yeah, so um, you're going to get this on Mother's Day. And if you love me and care about me, leave me alone. <laughs> Just leave me the fuck alone, dude. <laughs> anyway. So guys, we're we're uh we're hitting the home stretch here on the on uh this season of Buy Pumpkin. Is it season seven? I can't remember. I think it's season seven of Buy Pumpkin. And it's the last three episodes of the season, and I promised you Asante, and you're gonna get some fucking Asante, okay? We're gonna do three episodes. Uh the Asante Brothers Part One, the Asante Brothers Part Two, and the checkup. Okay. Now I was supposed to have a guest tonight, Mona, but Mona, um, could not make it because she's trying to be a good mother. <laughs> she had to do something. She no, literally she had to do something for her kids. And since she gave birth to them, pushed them right out of her vagina. I assume that she has some loyalty to them. Also, uh, the police frown on it when you just abandon children. And, and I definitely will miss Mona, but I'm going to get her back on another time. Next week, if all goes well, I'm going to have Rachel Gabrielle on there from uh, the How About No podcast. And if you have to ask, um, I really like if you have to ask, uh, I don't know, she's got a soothing voice and she she isn't a, a literal therapist. So even though 
listening to that podcast is not the same as going to therapy. I just like the answer she gives. You know, when people ask me for advice, I'm always like, have you tried lying? <laughs> have you tried lying? Have you fought anybody yet? <laughs> Shit, maybe I am on the side of that guy. Maybe I am. <laughs> that's those are my that's my go-to advice, but you know, she's got actually good advice based on therapeutic principles in her experience working with people who ask questions they really already know the answers to, you know. So she should be on next week to talk about the second part um, of the journey. And then my plan is, I kind of talked about it with her. Listen, like I always say, Kara, me and Kara have, uh, our, our relationship is hanging on by a thread, okay? Kara plays it very hard to get with me. She's very, like, very cool, calm, collected. Uh, I never know what's happening with Kara, to be honest. Sometimes, <laughs> the last time Kara was on my show, I texted her. I was like, you know, um, I'd like you to come on. And I, I gave her the time. I was like, I know it's kind of far away. And you like to, like, you know, basically free ball it. You know, just be out here doing whatever you need to do out in this world. And, you know, like, schedules like that. And she goes, Princess, uh, do you think I'm homeless? Let's talk about this. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't know what you do. Like, I have no clue. But, Par- but Kara plays it very cool and calm collected with me. And she texts me to be on. I was like, oh, 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 Kara. Okay. All right. Look at you. Look at you. It's like a guy that you've been trying to like, I don't know. You Maybe you got a crush on them and you're just, and you're trying to like, and, and you've been like trying to like weasel your way into their lives <laughs> So that, and get them to need you so that one day they look up and they go, actually, you're very useful. I'll be with you. Just me? I don't know. <laughs> it's like that. And then suddenly he's texting you. You're like, oh, oh, it's working. So, <laughs> so next week, Rachel Gabrielle. And then after that, Kara will do the update with me. And then we'll be done with this. And I don't know what happens next. I don't know. I've been thinking about Bad Girls Club. I really wanted to do Real World Miami season five. I don't know. I could do it. I you can't. I can't seem to find it. I don't. I'm not sure. Mob Wives, guys. I love Mob Wives. Maybe I should do a Mob Wives season. Maybe I should be. Maybe you guys should listen to me for ten episodes saying Dreeter. <laughs> you and I not gonna be talking about Aaliyah's father, okay? You talking about Aaliyah's father? We're gonna have a problem, right? I don't talk. I beat bitches. Like, <laughs> you guys want to hear me do that? You guys want to hear me talk about Renee? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I'll figure it out. I got a couple of weeks to figure this shit out. But for now, let's do season five, episode, season five, episode two. And there are two, like, on On Demand, it is called Stephen and Justin's Story, Part 1. When it comes up, it says The Story of the Asante Brothers, Part 1. And either way, it came out uh, March 29, 2017. And it starts with news reports about an 800-pound man who has been asked to leave a hospital in Providence, Rhode Island, because he's been ordering pizza. Uh, and then there's footage of Stephen in the trunk of some SUV while they talk about how they're going to drive and keep driving until they find some place to help him. So when we talk about, 
I, I continue to say this. I will always say this, that the, my 600 pound life people are not looking for fame. They're, they're not like these 90 day fiance people coming on. I'm like, okay, well, are you just trying to like get Instagram ads or something? What are you doing? It doesn't even seem like you're going to marry this person. Actually, it doesn't seem like you even know him. Why would you, what are you doing? Um, even the, uh, love after lockup crew, you know how fake so much of this stuff is. I, it just really, it's, and, and anybody that shows up on a housewife episode, a housewife show at this point in time is looking to make a brand. Okay. And that's just not what the 600 pound line people are giving. And I always said the exception would be Steven Asante. And after rewatching this, I'm like, okay, that's not even true because Steven Asante doesn't seem like he got on this show to to further his, his stuff. I guess I guess he's been he had been making YouTube videos and shit and we'll talk about that. But I just I don't believe he got on this show for this either. To be honest, because Rachel um texted me cuz she's watching this this week. Um and she watched part 1 too just so she can get a background. Cause it's been so long since she watched it. Rachel, um, Rachel said something really interesting. And she said, unlike everyone else who does this show, he doesn't talk about not wanting to be fat. He never talks about not wanting to be fat. Maybe towards the end of this first episode, he does talk about like not wanting to die, which is most of us, right? Most of us don't want to die, but he never talks about the things he's going to do when he's not fat. He never talks, he doesn't talk about that. And the question is, does he not want to be fat or does he want to be on the show? And me personally, I think he doesn't have anywhere to go. Uh, As we get to his background, I will talk about the point where I'm like, okay, I don't think he has anywhere to be. And so... It's either this or nothing. Um, so we we get like a like after we see him like literally loaded in the back of the SUV like I'm gonna load this garbage tomorrow to drop off. Uh, we see Doctor Now. Doctor Now is saying that Stephen Asante is is coming to be treated by him and that he has psychological problems and that he doesn't even know if he can help Stephen. Uh, they follow this by, uh, Steven on some of his YouTube videos. Um, you know, he's eating food and I'm assuming it's YouTube. It might be fucking, gosh, this was a long time ago. And his videos are even longer. It, it might be something like Vine or something. They got moved over to YouTube, you know, who knows? Um, but it's him like, um, Uh, smashing food all over his face. It's him saying this video is dedicated to the taxpayers. Thanks for paying for this. Showing his urine, his like urine cup and thanks for paying for this. If it wasn't for your money, I couldn't get this. Which I'm sure went, got a lot of fucking attention because if it's nothing people online don't like is trying to decide that somebody does not deserve social programs. (laughs) Last Christmas, this person tweeted, they were crying. It might have been from Facebook, to be honest, but I'm not on Facebook, so maybe it was like a screenshot of from Facebook and brought to Twitter. Uh, that they were crying literal tears because they saw a woman returning goods in a 
Walmart that they knew were like angel gifts, you know, donations that people give to poor people in the, uh, during Christmas and that they couldn't believe this person was doing it. And obviously the internet was basically like, uh, how do you know? How do you know those were angel gifts? How do you know, uh, how do you know her ass wasn't bipolar, had a manic episode where she went in there and bought a bunch of shit and then was, and then was trying to return as much as she fucking could so she can get her money back. And even if it was donated gifts, as someone who gets donated gifts for, I won't this year, but uh, I, I think I, yeah, I did last year because they were foster kids still. Um, to foster kids, a lot of times we get the same things and I either try to repurpose them with another child or I try to like, when I was still on Facebook, I would go to the Facebook groups and say, I have these things. Like there are a lot of foster groups that will just, like, uh, I have this, you can pick it up here. Uh, whenever you do a purge of your kid's clothes, you wash them and you, you note the sizes and you put it on there. And a lot of people come pick it up because when you, when you're fostering, if you go out and buy a bunch of stuff, every time you get a new foster kid, you will always be broke. It's just not all foster kids are long-term. So you might have a kid for a week. So if you went out and bought a bunch of shit, you are going to be broke. You, it's, it's not going to make sense. So we try to like pass things along and we do a lot of porch pickup stuff. So it'll be like, this will be on, oh, you're coming Tuesday at 8 p.m. It'll be on the porch and you just go on the porch and take it. And I would do that. I would try to pass them on to another family. If I can return it, I will return it. If it came from a specific store and I could go to that store and get a credit and get something else, I would do that. Be, like, like one year, you know, those Amazon karaoke uh, ma- uh, mics are really popular. And kids do like them. But one year, we got donated like five of those. And if that and if that was like, and if I just refused to do anything but give one child five karaoke microphones, that would be ridiculous. But either way, like people love to be up on other people's business. Why, how come you got food stamps? Who are you? What, uh... You're using my taxpayer's dollars. My taxpayer dollars are going to people for people to to be able to go to the hospital. This and this. Like, I'm sure that video got a lot of attention because there are absolutely people who believe that uh, a Stephen Asante should not be on disability. That his disability could be helped. That if he should stop eating and lost weight, he wouldn't be disabled anymore. And that's not a real disability. And so he should be left to die, right? Because he can't work. He needs he needs uh, medical help to take care of himself. But there are lots of people that would say that because his disability is is because of his weight, that he doesn't deserve anything. I'm Yeah, I'm sure that video got a lot of shit. I don't remember watching Stephen Asante on like, like, that's not the type of stuff I would want to watch on YouTube or whatever. And when I get the guests on, I'm going to ask them each, like, where were they aware of him before this and have they seen his videos and stuff? Um, Dr. Now also mentioned that he has a brother that's over 600 pounds and he's coming too. So we get our talking first talking head from Steven. Steven is 33 years old. They have him on this... Um, for his talking head, like, it's important that we think about the way they've presented him. He does not have a shirt on. He is wearing um, large shorts uh, that show. He has big lymph- lymphedema uh, masses. 
He has um, his legs look like they have a lot of lymphedema, hardened lymphedema, like and nodules. Like he it is bad. I am surprised he can stand up. Uh, and so they do a talking head with his shirt off and like that stuff, like his his misshapen legs. That's what they are. Like you can't even see his right foot. You can't see the foot. It is that, it has that many masses on it. Uh, and so, like I've ta- said before, this show is a gawking show. It's how they make the money. And no matter what you think about the ability for these people to get free surgeries and, and care, you have to admit that they are paying for it. Like it ain't free. So one thing is that you, a production comes in there and, and has you do a talking head, but most people have a shirt on. You know what I'm saying? But if you notice on all their talking heads, they all look as on display as possible. Most people, I don't know, if you have such misshapen legs and uh, nodules and, I mean, his his skin is cracking because it's so fucking swollen and shit. I'm sure there's weeping happening over there. You would... I don't know, put a blanket over your legs. So that's what most people will do, right? And I'm sure production doesn't let them because they're like, you need to be on full display while you do this. I, it's just something to think about. Um, Steven's 33 years old. He weighs over 700 pounds. He's in the hospital. Um, when we, we see footage of him, he is naked at some points. Uh, like I said, he has intense lymphedema. He has huge rolls everywhere. His stomach, he has, his stomach is very large and he has numerous stomachs. Um, he is telling us he is in Kent hospital. I, I think that's what he said following living in his dad's car for about a week because he got out of, he got kicked out of another hospital for ordering pizza. I want to talk about this pizza shit. Remember I talked about it with JT, by the way, I went to try to order pictures a day from Shutterfly, which I really like. Um, they're cheap. They get here fast. It's where I also get my kids, uh, you know, I did adoption books for them where I put like all these, all their memories and stuff of. Any pictures I can get of bio families, um, they're, they're pictures from foster care, like they included caseworkers and things, um, pictures of their adoption day, and then like a bunch of family pictures. So basically they can see, visually see all these people in one place. And I got that from Shutterfly. Um, but I was loading photos in there. And why did I almost order a five by seven of JT? lying on a bare mattress with that dog at the bottom and and uh whatever that chick's name looking all dour on the side why did i almost order a five by seven of that why because it was a screenshot and it was in my <laughs> anyway <laughs> anyway back to the pizza thing I and mean, that, that's the reason i'm thinking of jt maybe i just don't have a good understanding of how hospitals work that is quite possible i usually am not in a hospital but I find it hard to believe that if you order pizza at a hospital, do you tell, is, 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 is Steven just saying, don't go to the desk, just come straight up because it's room, blah, 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 blah. Go, don't let any, don't talk to anybody. Just come straight to my desk because that's not how I expect it to go. I expect them to get to your floor. Okay. You're on the sixth floor. Fine. You get to the sixth floor and then you're now... You're not allowed to just go back there. 
but maybe I'm misunderstanding. Maybe they can really just go back there. Um, and no one, they don't have to check in with anybody to go back there, which means that they, they, it's very easy to deliver a pizza. I'm not saying people don't order pizzas at hospitals. I'm sure it happens. I just don't understand how JT and, and then also Steven are able to order pizzas to hospital and then get the pizza. But I'll admit that I don't understand that. I, I'll admit that I that, that I don't understand, like, is there someone not always at the desk there? Do people not have to stop at that desk? Every time I've been in a hospital to see someone, I've had to stop at the desk. But maybe I'm stupid, you know what I mean? Maybe the Domino's guy's like, bitch, don't stop there, just keep going. I don't know, but he's ordering pizza, and he got kicked out. You know, I, un- and I understand why he got picked out, you know, because, kicked out, excuse me, because, like, <laughs> You are here on a weight loss program and you're ordering meals. You can't do that. And I know that other people will be like, well, that's, you know, that's obviously a sign that he really needs to help. Yeah, but I can't help you if you're not going to be willing to be helped. If you are in rehab, and I'm not giving this the same as being addicted to meth, okay? But I'm just trying, I'm just giving you an example. If you're in rehab for meth and people are throwing and, and, and you keep, Having people come throw meth over the fence, which is a thing that happens, right? You're not in a fucking prison. People like people can come visit you. Well, not always, but there are ways. I mean, there are plenty of ways to get drugs in rehab. There are plenty of ways to get drugs in prison. But if you are caught getting drugs delivered to to rehab, yes, that is a sign that you need help. It is also a sign that this program probably isn't going to work for you because you do not respect the boundaries of the program. There are lots of people in here that are addicted. Lots of people that wish they can get drugs and not all of them are ordering drugs delivered. So I understand if the hospital is like, uh, no, <laughs> you can't stay here. But there's other reasons. We'll get to those. So as we're watching him as he's doing all these voiceover, he stands up and leans over a walker for support. And there is a team of nurses and PPE giving him that's they are in there that's what they're in I mean they don't have like the the face shields and shit but other than that that's what they're in and they're giving him a sponge bath and um he's bent over and they are getting the folds in his nether regions and whatnot um as he's doing that he tells us he's got to leave here too because they can't care for someone his size and they are making the arrangements to get him to Houston he also tells us that he gets annoyed by the staff and he can yell or get impatient. And this is what I mean by there are other reasons. Um, when he says these things in his voiceovers, even when he's talking to certain people, he's very like contrite and small and like, sometimes I get impatient. And immediately after we get that, we see him, basically we see a video where he is on either Instagram Live, Facebook Live, YouTube Live. I'm not sure, but he's live streaming and filming himself, calling the nurse's station, screaming and cursing about his bedpan being full of shit as they are hanging up. Like they were hanging up on him. He's calling them back, screaming. He is threatening to call the police. Uh, a woman is in there essentially saying, uh, you are not acting in a way that makes people want to help you and you've got to calm down. And he's calling her a broad. 
I don't know why that stuck out to me so much. He's like, listen, broad. <laughs> Damn. But also, I I don't know if that's like a Rhode Island thing. Like, you just call people broad. Hey, broad. <laughs> you know, I seeing this, I'm like, this is why I'm not a nurse. <laughs> this is why I'm not a nurse. This is why I'm not caring enough to be a fucking nurse. Uh, because I would rip the phone out of his room. I would take, I would, because it's, it's, it's a hospital phone. So it's really just the receiver um, and the things in the wall. I would go over there and I would take the receiver out of the wall and I would let him die in his own shit. I would do it. And, <laughs> and apparently, I mean, you know, uh, medical boards frown on shit like that. <laughs> I just would not, I would close that door and I would not answer him. And he would not have a phone. That's another thing. If you ordered a pizza in the hospital, I'd be like, okay, you can't have a phone in here anymore. You can't. Text your dad on your tablet because he's always got a tablet or whatever. Get WhatsApp. <laughs> Text him from there. Um, we see his dad in a depressing little apartment where he says Stephen lived before all of this. Um, I don't know if that's his home or, or is that's another home. It's really sad. It's dirty. It's, it's, he's opening the dishwasher. There's mold and shit all around the, like filth all around the side. The, it, that dishwasher ain't washing shit. It ain't sanitizing nothing. Um, he shows us the bathroom. There's a broken vanity and the toilet is broken. And these are just from Steven's weight of leaning on them. Uh, he has, you know, then they go in his bedroom and Steven has a bunch of stuffed animals all around his bedroom. And that scares me. And I'm just, I'm going to say something here. Okay. And if you de identify this way, know that I'm not speaking about you. I am speaking about my feelings about this thing. When I enter an adult's bedroom, which I don't often do, that has stuffed animals in it, I get creeped out. Because I want to know what the stuffed animals do when you're fucking. <laughs> I want to know, do you turn them around? Do they just look? What's going on? Now, I understand that's a problem within me, but that's how I feel. And also, you're like, Princess, how often is Stephen Asante having sex? Girl, I don't know what Stephen Asante is doing. And those, all them stuffed animals just looking at him from the dresser creep me the fuck out. That's my truth. Okay? That's... <laughs> um, they go in his bedroom, and there's a hospital bed in there. Um, and his dad said Stephen would just stay in there. He used the urinal, urinal cup that we see plenty of times. And go to the, he'd only go to the bathroom to number two. Uh, he'd also order pizzas and hide it. He said one day he went in there and he opened the closet and it's just piled up high with pizza boxes. And I was like, yeah, because think about it. How do they get, like, we order pizza here once a week, once every 10 days, depending on, like, what we're doing. And when the pizza's done, someone has to take it out to the recycling, when the box is out to recycling. But how does Steven get out? He doesn't. Um, so he just kind of throws them in there. Also, how did his dad think he was eating? Or is he, is someone bringing him food, regular food, and he's also eating the pizza? Or was nobody bringing him food? I'm not sure. And, 
uh, the dad tells us that Stephen used to tell the dad that if he didn't get him food, he called the police and say that the dad was beating him. I, we're going to talk more about dad's like relationship throughout this episode. I find it very hard to imagine that I would continue taking care of Steven if Steven threatened to call the police on me. I will find it very hard. Um, you only got to do that like once, maybe twice if I really love you. And you only have to, and you really only have to dial 911 and tell people I'm, I'm beating you one fucking time before you can't stay here anymore. Before, and if that's your, that if that's actually Steven's place, I wouldn't go there. And there's nothing, I would change my fucking phone number. I block him everywhere. I would, he would have to use, I'm sure, because he's on disability, um, I'm sure he's on like Medicaid or some shit. Uh, you don't have to be on Medicaid to be on this, but you understand what I'm saying. He he can't work. He's indigent. Um, he probably gets disability payments and food stamps and Medicaid. Um, I he'd have to hire a fucking nurse because I would not go back over there. You cannot call the fucking police on me and me keep showing up. I'm just not. And and you and some people might be like, oh, Princess, that's because you're a black person and and black people's relationship with the police yada 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 that's a white guy i don't care i really don't care you could he if steven decided to hit himself and leave marks on it and call the police and say that man did it it is quite possible that 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 he could be arrested no i'm not risking that shit i would never the steven there's no there's steven would never be able to call on me again because there i i would never see him again I think that is like one of the worst things you can do to someone. I have a relative that I really don't fuck with because uh, when she gets upset over family stuff, she will just call in a false CPS report on you. Um, Just real fucking casually. And, you know, honestly, like I said, I've said before, I as a foster parent, you you get CPS investigations all the time. People call on you. bio parents call on you uh people at the school think you're not like i don't know the kid says something and they can't a lot of times when the kid is talking they're talking about bio parents but the school only knows you the foster parents so when they're saying that this is thing is happening they think it's happening currently school will call on you uh kids will lie because they think that they can um that it'll mean that they'll be returned to their bio parents i mean kids knew and kids that have been in a while know that's not how it works they know the system better than you do. But like, so I've been through, like I can pass the CPS uh, investigation flying colors cause I don't do shit. And my rules, my kids is like, tell the truth. I don't care what you tell people about me, tell the truth. Oh, I eat too much fucking candy. Yeah, that's the fucking truth. Oh, I yell a lot. Yeah, I'm loud. But uh, yeah, that I like, I don't have any like problems like that. But here's the thing, it is quite possible for DCFS or CPS, I use them interchangeably, to show up on your worst day. Like, what if the day, I talked about this in another episode, I'm not sure which one, about about how my van was driving itself because I had to jump out and grab a child who had run into the street. Uh, what if someone had called on, had made a report on me a couple days prior and they were coming out to check and that was, and they talked to my kids and they're like, well, we were in the car by ourselves driving. Like, I, 
I just don't respect somebody who will use like the system, the government. Um, and to be honest, DCFS CPS is an extension of police in a certain way, in certain aspects against me. I'm, I'm not that, that someone would, and like false things, like not even real things. Like, we'll make up things against you and use the system against you. I, I I don't fuck with people like that. That relative, I don't see that relative. I don't talk to that relative. Uh, if Insta, she, she often makes new Instagrams for whatever reason. I don't know because I don't check because I block her as soon as they go, do you know this person? I'm like, I sure do. Block, 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 block. I don't do it. I There's no reason. And the truth, the truth of the matter is I don't really have beef with her. I don't. I'm not in a fight with her. I just... Don't fuck with people like that. And I'm not going to give you a chance to fuck. She don't know my address. She don't know shit. She can't. You know why? Because I keep that person far away from me. That is a character thing that I will, that I will call and lie on you to get you arrested or get like, no, 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 no. Uh, so like, I just know that in terms of Steven, whether if he didn't live with me, I'd never go over his house again. If he did leave with me, I give him I'd serve him with a 30 day notice so everything's all in black and white and he'd have to get the fuck out. And I don't care if he's going to a uh homeless shelter, I don't care if he's going to a hospital, I don't care if he's gonna live uh two blocks over on the street next to me. I do not give a fuck. I would not allow myself to I, that's what it is. I'm thinking about like placing myself in a, a dangerous position where someone might, I don't know, hit themselves, hurt themselves, and then call the police on me because I didn't buy them a pizza. Like, all because I didn't call Domino's. No. That's a dangerous situation to put yourself in, to be around someone like that. And I get that that is his kid. Steven is his kid. Um, But uh, this is one of those things where you got to set some fucking boundaries or else you are going to be fucked. To be honest, the dad is more worried about Justin, who is the younger brother and is also gaining weight like Steven. I think he and Justin have a better relationship. Justin is just less, Justin is just less trouble. Justin is over 600 pounds. He's a loner. He plays video games and puts together models. And you see him out there. At one point we see him outside playing with a radio control car and probably watches a lot of anime. Besides the 600 pounds, it sounds like my husband. Um... Justin is glad Steven is gone <laughs> because they fight all the time and they don't get along. Probably because Steve, Steven is deeply unwell, guys. And not in a ha-ha, this is unwell. He, he's obviously unwell. It's, it's, at the further we get here, the, the closer, the more obvious it becomes. And Justin says that if Steven comes back, he'll have to leave because the four months since he's been gone has been wonderful. Um... Steven says his, his parents' relationship was rocky. They fought a lot. They saw a lot of fighting in the home. Their mother had a drinking problem. It's so interesting that when I want to say that someone's an alcoholic, I often say they have a drinking problem or they have alcohol issues, but I never say somebody has a heroin problem. And I, I guess the reason I say that is because alcohol is legal even though it's arguably a worse drug than some of these, these hard drugs out here. Um, but they say she's an alcoholic, and Dad is like, I didn't really do much about it, I didn't really think about it. I This whole story they tell about the mom, much like when we talked about Brandy and Candy, or Candy and Brandy, 
I feel like it's very easy to talk about the person that's not there, right? But I'm also asking dad, like, so they break up um, when Stephen was 11 and Josh was five. Josh, Justin was five and they, and the kids went to go live with mom. Uh, but she was out all night clubbing and drinking and we see pictures of her, but she's blur, her face is blurred out and I, I need that face in there. And the reason I need it is because they keep talking about her clubbing all night. And I'm like, I'm trying to imagine with the hair and the clothes, I can't imagine that person clubbing. Now, obviously she's not in her club clothes, but I'm just like clubbing. Do you mean like she was at a bar, like at a dive bar drinking all night? Cause that sounds more you know, a neighborhood dive bar. I don't know. I, they, they act like she was going to area or something. I just, I just don't, <laughs> I just don't understand. Um, the, the word clubbing. I'm sure there are clubs in Rhode Island. I just, I don't know. I don't get it. Um, but either, so the point is she was out all night drinking and she wasn't there. Um, when she would leave, she would leave food out for them, but, Steven would eat it all before Justin could even get any. She also had violent boyfriends. They would beat the boys. They both started turning to food for comfort. Steven says that she... So when Steven was 15, and I think Josh, Josh, Justin was nine, um, they, their mother left one night and never came back. She left to either go hang out or be with the man that she is with right now as at the time of that filming and never came back. So they go and live with dad. And so this is why I have questions about this because bro, where were you when she wasn't, when she was out all night and, and pouring cereal on the table and walking out all night? Where the fuck were you then? And then, like, it just, it brings to mind this, like, dad probably had his own fucking problems. Dad probably wasn't seeing them very often. Right? Because if you see your dad often and you live with this mom who's drunk all the time and who actually from 5 p.m. to 4 o'clock in the morning is not home ever, uh, you say something, right? And then what's dad going to do? I mean, obviously... Like, I, I understand that child custody is complicated and that you can't just, like, swoop in and, and fix everything right away, but I believe that if dad was saying, hey, I would, that if there have been some, like, trying to get the boys out of that situation, that dad would have said something like, and I tried to do this and I tried to do that. Instead, it's just like, well, she didn't come back anymore, so they came to live with me. Where else were they going to go? That's what it sounds like. And... As much as, like, obviously, I have a lot of disdain for this mother. Uh, I said mother, like, allegedly she's a mother. I mean, biologically, she's a mother. I don't think she did much mothering, to be honest. I have a lot of disdain for her, and obviously her actions are her own fault. But I want to understand how she was able to hurt those kids like that that are also your kids, and where were you when it was happening? I want to understand that. And I don't think they gave me a good enough reason. They really didn't. Um, so by high school, he's living, they're living with dad. Steven's like 250 pounds and he and his dad would like get into it 
And one time his dad hit him and Stephen hit him back or vice versa. Either Stephen hits him or dad hits him back. And Stephen called the police. Um, listen, everybody knows that I don't believe in uh, hitting children unless they're hitting mine. But whatever. I don't believe in spanking. And so, and I'm not going to have an argument with anybody or like try to try to convince somebody else to get to my side. I, it's just what I believe. And... But I can tell you right now, Steven Sr. dad does not believe that. He looks like someone who definitely hits kids. And he looks like he's somebody who definitely thinks that you, that not only are you allowed to spank children, that you can actually hit a 16-year-old child and it's not a fucking fight. Like he thinks, he looks like someone who expected Steven to like, I don't know, lay down. You like, you hit him and he, and it was all good. And that, <sighs> So when he gets arrested, so he gets arrested and he has charges against him, which is interesting to me because um, many in many states, they uphold the right for you to hit a child. And as long as you don't leave a mark on them. So I have questions about what happened that day. Was Steven Sr. drunk? Uh, where did he hit him? Did he, you know, did he uppercut him street fighter style? Like they're saying hit, but I bet you there was a lot more involved in this for him to actually get arrested. Cause for the most part, they don't do that. Like, um, not, I'm not saying all the time. I'm saying that the way he's saying hit, like, I don't know, like he bent him over and swatted his butt, I, <laughs> but I, I just don't think that's what happened. I, I believe they were brawling. And I believe Steven Singer was the aggressor because he's the one who got arrested. But buying him that pizza to drop the charges starts off like this whole thing between the two of them. Um, I, if I were Steven Singer, I'd be embarrassed to even be saying this, that I got into a physical altercation with my child to the point that we were not... You know, we were beefing, we were brawling, that someone called the police, my child, and that when the police got there, the situation was such that they decided that I need to be arrested. And to avoid jail time, to get my kid to drop the charges, I bought him a pizza. My kid, who's already like, at this point, a very, very large person. I'm sure that there were some concerns about his weight and his health and the, the rate in which he was getting larger and larger. So I just, so you're just like, I'll get him a pizza and it'll be fine. I don't know, man. I don't know about all that. I want more details. Now, here's what I want to point out. Ray, Rachel also said something really good uh, to me tonight. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, that is actually very, very good. Uh, she says that the pizza shit with Steven makes him seem like a ninja turtle. And I was like, yeah, actually, he does live on straight up fucking pizza. Straight up pizza. And I think it's because of accessibility, right? Uh, can you get the pizza? You order it and it comes to the house. Uh, maybe it's also something his mom used to do a lot. Like she'd order them a pizza when she was going to be gone. Who fucking knows? Maybe it's like a part of his traumatic childhood. Or maybe it really is just like they'll bring it. Maybe that's what, you know, what it is. But this origin story of like, uh, me and dad got into it. My father hit me. I filed charges on him, but I dropped him because he bought me a pizza. It's, uh, it's a lot to unpack. 
So by the time Stephen was 17, he was 350 pounds. Uh, Justin was 12 and he was 300 pounds. Jesus. 300 pounds is a lot, guys. It's a lot of fucking weight. At 12 years old, I mean, it's a lot of weight regardless. It's, it's, 300 pounds is big. Really big. Uh, I think Shaq weighs 300 pounds. I, I think so. I could be wrong. But, but Shaq is a humongous person. And for a 12-year-old to weigh as much as Shaq does, she's, why am I talking about Shaq? Oh, because I just did the Basketball Wives. I did a sponsored episode. By the way, guys, so on the Patreon, I did this week uh, for the bonus episode, I did a Basketball Wives episode that was three and a half hours long. Why is it three and a half hours long? I'll tell you why. I started it. It's a, it's a sponsored episode. I started it. Um, I dicked around for like an hour before I even got started on it. And then my husband fucked up my schedule and I had to stop recording it. And then I went back to record it the next day, but I got a second win. So I'm just talking, 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 talking. There's no reason for it to be three and a half hours long. I should have cut it up, but I was too lazy. I had to get into the Santi lane. So uh, if you are a member of the Patreon, um, which you can be found at patreon.com backslash buy pumpkin. Uh, it's five bucks a month. You get bonus episodes. You get to vote on bonus series. It's great. I have a lot of fun over there. If you are a member of the uh, Patreon, you got a three and a half episode, hour episode this week. Um, and that's why I'm thinking of Shaq, because I talked about him a lot on the Basketball Wives episode. So um, when Steven was 25, his mother called him up and was like, I'm going to be in your life again. Um, and I'm going to take care of you and we're going to do this and do that. Classic, fucking classic. Classic uh, neglect, abuse, abusive mother who's out of your life. And now you're living with your dad who seems angry all the time, who will fucking belt you, hit you and shit. And your mom's like, no, I'm going to make it right. Come with me. And she tells him that she'll pay for him to move to Massachusetts. I cannot say that state Massachusetts. I think I just said it. (laughs) Mass. (laughs) She's going to pay for him to move to Mass. And... They're going to be like, they're going to renew their relationship. But he says when he got there, he never saw her. Which I was like, did she pay for you then? Did did you front the money and get down there and then she like ghosted you? I don't know what happened, but it sounds fucking horrible. And he says that at this time he was eating about six large pizzas a day. Fuck. He started doing internet videos for attention. And that's when we see all like some of his viral videos. He was 31 when he moved back in with his dad and he was over 600 pounds. And Justin says that he abused, he, that, uh, at this point, Steve is abusing him mentally. He couldn't do it physically anymore, but he'd do things like bang on the wall all day until you do what he asked you to do or like scream through the wall, like. And from there, he was in that Providence, Rhode Island hospital and I, before he got kicked out. And after three days in the Kent hospital, the, the one he got after a week in the car, he got approved for medical transport to Houston. That's probably an insurance thing, uh, trying to get uh, insurance to pay for it. So on this trip from Kent, which I assume is either in Rhode Island, Massachusetts, someplace in that area, um, Justin and dad are going to accompany him down. Just Justin is nervous about the trip. 
I have a hard time understanding why Justin is even on the trip. Is this a production thing? Because Justin should... We'll get to it. We'll get to it. We watched them load Steven into an RV, a medical RV, to drive him across the fucking country, to be honest. Steven is super calm during all this. Too fucking calm. Because I know that he's not a calm person based on the way he talks to those nurses and stuff. Now, I talked about, like... Uh, I talked about this on the fucking bonus episode about how like there are times when I have to go be a squeaky wheel, especially at fucking school. And I don't fucking like it, to be honest. I get tired of it, but I'll do whatever the fuck I have to do for my kids. If I have to go up to the school, then that's what I got to do. If somebody is physically uh, harming my child, if something is going on that is either not fair or they haven't, I will go up there. I don't like to do it. But just because I'm a person that will, that advocates for myself and my kids and, and speaks up when things are not right, does not mean I'm not a polite person. I can't imagine talking to those nurses the way uh, Steven was talking to them. A big pet peeve of mine is somebody who thinks they can do my work better than me and they don't know how to do my job. And so if I were a nurse, that would, that would probably be like a pet peeve of mine, like, I understand that you need to advocate for yourself, but you're not going to talk to me crazy and you're not going to act like I don't have all this fucking schooling and experience and that whatever I say is bullshit because it's not. And if I tell you something can't be done with hospital policy, that's because I'm trying to keep my job and you can take that up with an administrator. You can take it, you can take it up with someone else, but I am not allowed to, this is what I can do. And like, I'm big on treating people the way I want to be treated. And so if I wouldn't want you to show up at my place of business screaming and you don't even, you can't even, like, articulate what it is you even fucking want, like, just, why don't you sit down and ask for what you want? Maybe I'll do it. You don't fucking know. And if I'm not going to do it, why don't you listen to the reason why I can't do it? And then you can either try to talk to somebody else or maybe maybe I'll tell you who's the person preventing me from doing it like oh I can't do that because my boss won't let me blah 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 and then you can say well can I talk to your boss and I'll be like okay I'll get him out of here go ahead stand tell him why you can't do this <laughs> whatever I just like I'm big on advocating for myself and speaking up and being a squeaky wheel but I also really hate rude people I hate them and I'm just imagining Steven like even hearing this this sad story about everything that happened and I understand. I understand the trauma. I just think the way you treat someone who is in service to you of somehow that that's like a waiter or waitress, um, someone that's that, uh, the nurses that help that take care of you while you're in the hospital, um, an employee, someone that you have, uh, that is doing something for you or that you have some sort of power for, over tells who you are. If you're somebody who doesn't tip or who yells at waitresses, you're not a good person. You're just not. And I'm and I, sure there are exceptions, but the exceptions are few and far between. If you really are a person that every time you go through a drive-thru, you, got, you, you talk to, to the person taking your order as if they're an idiot and, did, and that you better get what you want. And this, if that's how you talk to people, you're not a good person. And again... I say this too, you are the person you are when no one can see you. So if you do things like shit on the internet and talk to people and, and do things to people who can't necessarily get back at you, uh, children, 
people in um like really trying to keep their job like the 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 customer service lady at fucking target cannot cuss you out so you she's already at a disadvantage you go up in there and acting all fucking wild and she's she got to keep her cool so she can keep her job and taking advantage of that is you're probably not a good person i I would beg for you guys to show me a situation where someone did something like that and they were actually a good person. I just can't see it. And so watching Steven be all calm and shit, I'm like, okay, well, we know you ain't calm. You're talking to everybody with this little voice and shit, but we see how you act when you think you can get away with it. Um, even when the leg almost broke on his, um, I want to say gurney, but it's not, it's a hospital bed. Uh, they're moving from place to place. Um, so... In his RV, he's got a transport nurse, nurse in there, a driver, and his tablet. And when he is hungry, oh, he's got a cell phone too. And then he's hungry. So he calls his dad, and his dad is like, his dad doesn't even answer the phone. In his car, he's like, what now? His dad is sick of fucking Steven. And also his phone has like some golden retriever puppies on the back of it. Which is not what I was expecting. From a guy who looks like he crawled out from behind, like, an Italian deli or something. Like, if you told me that guy ran an Italian deli, I'd be like, yeah, of course he does. Why do, Why wouldn't he? He just seems like a gruff guy that, like, cuts you salami and also go and also, like, smokes while doing butcher shit. Like, he just, I don't know. He just, he, he seems like a gruff fucking guy. Um... Steven wants food and he says that he can't resist his cravings and somebody better get it for him. And he says he's never been on the road like this where he doesn't know when he's going to eat next. So it makes him want to eat every time he sees a place with food. So, you know, he harasses his father until they stop at Mickey D's. And his father gives it to him. And, you know, later in a rainstorm, like they're driving, like they're, <laughs> they're driving across country. They're in a rainstorm. The damn bed breaks. And the, the travel nurse, the transport nurse is over. The driver, the driver, they they show us, they show us the driver's face. The driver's face is just like, what the fuck did I sign up for? <laughs> they end up putting a spare tire under that bed to get it up, and then at the moment, and then the back of the RV starts drooping, like something happened back there. And so, what they do is they like they get off the highway. They, I, it looks like they're at a hotel, but who knows? Um, And they, someone go get some cinder blocks. That was the dad's idea to prop up the bed. Um, and, and, uh, I guess they fixed the RV. And while all this is happening, Stephen is like, is this safe? Like with that voice, are you forgetting my legs are fat? That's what he says at one point, <laughs> just like that. And his voice is so fucking different. I don't like it. So then we get, by the next morning, we see Steven scamming breakfasts. He got his dad to buy first breakfast and his travel nurse to buy second breakfast. Hope travel nurse is expensing those fucking breakfasts. I wouldn't buy him shit. And he seems very proud of himself about it. Well, like, about being able to scam food out of people. It's about 1,500 miles from, from Houston, and Steven is calling it more food about two hours after that first stop. And, you know, dad's fed, fed up. Justin's making fun of him. Steven calls back to back and says he's feeling very weak. Like, okay, well, no, you're not running to Houston. You're just, just lay down, lay down. 
And I am like, I've, I've been empathetic about these trips where people are like hurting and stuff. I get that because sitting in a, in a sitting position stuffed in a little car, or even with like JT lying in the back of a fucking, uh, a minivan with these two anemic pillows and shit. It, it's, it's not easy. You're in a lot of pain. I'm not trying to say that Steven is probably not in pain. He's probably in a lot of pain. But the fact that he his I'm feeling very weak. <laughs> like, oh no, what if Steven can't make it through? <laughs> what if Steven can't carry the RV on his back down the highway? Dude, just lay down. <laughs> lay down. If you feel weak, go to sleep. Uh, his dad says they've been traveling about 38 hours and every hundred miles they have to stop to get Steven more food. Dad at one point, cause dad gets him the food, obviously. Cause of course he is. Uh, dad at one point is teasing him about the food he's going to get at the hospital. A little burger and one pea and don't tilt the plate cause that pea will fall off. Steven flips him off. All right, they get to the hospital and doctor now is standing out front. I'm sure this is a setup production shot. I'm sure production was like, go stand out front and we'll do some shots of you standing out front waiting for the, but he looks like the last Avenger waiting for Thanos to show up. He's just out there, the wind blowing his Muppet hair. <laughs> Dr. Now's on the job. Uh, in this case, Steven Thanos. <laughs> so Steven is asking for pain meds immediately. Um, Dr. Now says he's asking for meds, but his body language does not indicate he needs them. But they end up giving him pain meds anyway. Um, I just want to stop here because I want you to understand what his body looks like. Uh, Rachel did call him a Ninja Turtle, but at this point, his skin is so swollen and cracked and lymphatic that it's getting hard, like reptile skin. And some parts are even green. Uh, they're developing little nodules. Like I said, his foot and his shin are swollen out of shape. He is a huge purple swollen lump on his foot. Um, and the fact that this purple tummy is full of pooled blood. Um, he is in terrible shape. Also, they want Justin to get checked out because his leg has been hurting him during that long ass trip. He also has a heart murmur. And they get him in a wheelchair and get him inside. And they want to do all these tests on him. And he doesn't want to stay. Dad walks by, because they've got Steven in a room and then they've got Justin in a room. Dad walks by Justin, who is like kind of disassociating in there. He's like looking at his phone. He is so upset. And he's like, bitch, I was just here to drive Steven. This is one of the things, I wonder why. We didn't need you to come down here. You seem to get around just fine. You could have stayed at home. But the dad walks by and is like, oh, I hope nothing's wrong with your test. Shut up. <laughs> he's, he's not good at this. And then he asks... Justin, if he wants to stay, Justin says he wants to leave. And dad says, then tell them. And I'm like, why are you doing this? Like, are, do you not, aren't you one of the people that wants, uh, Justin to get his leg checked out? Do you want Justin to leave? So why are you having, like, if it were me, I would say, Justin, why, why do you think you need to leave? Like right now, what's going on? And I would listen to whatever he said and I would validate his feelings and I would probably ask some more questions, but I would not be like, oh, if you want to leave, let's just go. No, I, because I would be worried about his leg too. And he has a heart murmur and he's 600 fucking pounds. I'd be worried. But you know, dear dad, that's terrible. Justin refuses to talk to doctor now. And he kind of throws a tantrum. It's a quiet tantrum, but it's a tantrum. Um, where he deeply, like he, 
Like, Dr. Now's out there talking to Dad about how Justin doesn't want to talk to him now. And I'm like, okay. All right, Justin's a fucking baby. And then Dad goes in to try to talk to Justin. But Justin's not really... Expl- he's got his face to the... Uh, to the um, window. He's moved, He's turned like a love seat so that he can face the window. And he's got his phone up with on a selfie camera so he can see the people behind him. But he will not speak to anyone. And dad comes in there and talks to him. And then he goes, come on, Dr. Now. Dr. Now comes in. Justin pretends like, he, again, Justin's looking at them through his phone camera. And he, he's not listening to Dr. Now talk. Uh, and dad is like, he's talking to you. I'm like, why are you talking to Justin like he's a toddler? I mean, he's acting like a toddler, but why are you talking to him like he's a toddler? I, I feel like there's a lot of arrested development in Justin. I mean, I, there's in Steven too, but, and it's, it's for obvious reasons. We don't need to go into it. Uh, we already did, but he is very much a child. Um, Justin says he doesn't need help like this. Steven does. So after Steven tries, at some point, Steven tries, to, after they take these tests and stuff, Steven tries to walk into Justin's room and suggest that he should stay. And Justin freaks out and tells him to get out. Again, Justin, if you hate Steven so much, why were you in the car driving with Steve, driving Steven down to Houston? Why? Did dad tell you couldn't stay at home? What is it? Justin tells the nurse he hates him. Uh, not the nurse, he hates Stephen. Stephen wobbles away and says that he's scared to stay there in Texas in his voiceover. Again, his voiceover is very sweet and subdued. He says that his brother won't even discuss it. Like, he's always he's like, I was just trying to be nice. But like, Stephen, you're not a nice person. And you ain't been nice. And it seems to me like Justin has been physically and mentally abused from Stephen. Uh, I mean, he says as much, but he doesn't give us an example. Like, I think it's more than an older brother who would steal all the food. So I don't think it's like, I think, I think Steven really took out a lot of stuff. Steven's a lot older, not a lot, but he's six years old. That's a lot older than um, Justin. And I feel like there's a lot of shit they're not telling us right now. So Justin leaves and says he wants to get as far away as Steven as possible. And he should have never put himself in a position where he could be pressured. Again, why are you on this trip? Um, it looks like it's the next day. I guess they went to stay in the hotel. We see Steven. He's, uh, he's been tested. No major issues. Also, there's a team of people watching him. He says he feels optimistic. They weigh him. He's at 730. Dr. Now says that he'll, he, the goal is to get down to 250. Woo, that's a lot of weight. And he's going on a thousand calories a day diet. Oh goodness. A thousand calories is nothing guys. Nothing. And Steven's like, yeah, that's fine. That's great. Let me shake your hand. Thank you, doctor. Yes, doctor. No, doctor. Of course, doctor. Again, this is not what he's like. He says that he's ready to get started and then he hopes his dad will order him something as a going away present. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're going to stay on the diet. At some point, Justin's in the room. I guess he came back. Um, I think it's interesting considering he doesn't want shit to do with Steven. And Steven is talking to him and Justin's pretending like he can't see him. He just wants his test results so he can leave. And Justin's in luck because Dr. Now comes into the room and says all the tests are good and that he might be a good candidate for the program. But Justin ain't hearing it. And as they leave, Steven and Dad are crying because they have to leave each other. Because they seem to have a really fucked up relationship. But I also think they 
actually do love each other. They do need each other. It's very codependent. Um, Steven says, if I die, I love you. And Dad's like, it ain't gonna die. And Steven's like, I know, but I never said that. Steven's crying and shit. When we see Steven again, it's been a month. He says it's been good, but mostly it's frustrating because people don't respond to his call button fast enough. He's calling it, like, what's fast enough? Like, what's a reasonable time for you, Steven? I, I'm, like, for me, I'd be thinking, okay, well, you know, nurse, there's a bunch, you know, how many nurses? There's people here, blah, blah, blah. It's going to take time. I'm not the only person. I'm like, what's, what's the problem? We, we see him on the phone calling to say his lunch is awfully late. And the person's like, well, the person just left with the lunch. He was like, oh, so they should be here. And I don't know. Imagine, like, calling to see where your hospital food is. Shit. Um, he says, he, <laughs> we get this. They really should respond faster, but they don't. <laughs> Next, we see him trying to get pain medicine from his nurse. And a nurse that comes in is, is she looks like she's terrified of him. Like, they have been talking about him at a nurse's station. Like, nobody wants to fucking deal with that motherfucker. And then in, like, a really, like, calm, like, subdued voice, he goes, I do express myself if I feel like something isn't right. Yeah, we know, Steven. Yeah, but that's not what you sound like when you do it. And you show up like that. You don't get pushed there. You show up like that. Uh, Steven says he's on his best behavior. <laughs> no, he's not. No, he's not. But he has to act and ask to get people to respond to him. Doctor now is there and he's like, it's his pathological behavior coming out. He's abusive and he thinks people are there to wait on him hand and foot. I agree. That's what Steven thinks they're there for. But they're like, like, you're at a hospital. You're not at a spa. Like, they're here to take your vitals, to make sure you get the the, the pre plan meals you're supposed to have they're they're here to help with sponge baths they they're not indentured servants that you're supposed to that i don't know they're supposed to get on their hands and knees and you're supposed to ride ride them down the hallway that's not what what steven you know what one thing i've noticed in life it's always the people with the least amount of power that treat that like weld any kind of small power they think they have over people um and again, I'll go back to wait staff because I'm because that because working in waiting tables, you are working with the general public, and people often feel like like they owe you something. They need and you know, or, or that you owe them something, or that or that they they start acting like they're the lord of a manor somewhere, and that you're some sort of servant. Um, and it's always the people who have the least. It's always the people who you don't even think can cover their bill that treat you the worst. Um, I, it's so gross. And yeah, um, you know, as he's, as, as they're doing this, Dr. Now's doing this voiceover, we see Steven yelling at someone going, I want this life off. I want this light off. Like, okay, Steven, like, what, like, what, what, what is this woman doing to you that you feel like you need to talk to her that way? Is she like from the light lobby? And she just wanted to keep the light on. What, what's, what's happening? I'm sure if you asked her nicely, she'd turn the light off for you. I'm sure she would. She's already in there. I'm sure if you said, could you turn the light off for me? She would do it. He's gross. And I'm not talking about his body. I'm not talking about his weight problem. Any of that shit. That, 
I'm telling the body does look gross. It does look like he, it does look like he absolutely needs some help, but that's not what's making him gross. It really fucking isn't. It's hard to, it's hard to, to have a Steven Asante after a Candy and Brandy who, who just, I mean, they seem very codependent. They were powdering each other's pussies, but, (laughs) but I can't imagine Candy when she was in the hospital talking to people like this. Um, Dr. Now confronts Steven and Steven is back to using his nice voice because what? Dr. Now has power, right? So you're going to talk to him this way and you're going to talk to the nurse who you deem, who you perceive as having no power that way. Um, it's one of the reasons I never got back with uh, Scott Distick. I said that like we were together. I meant like Scott is a fan favorite of the Kardashians and I get it because he, because he said a lot of what the viewer is thinking. He's always, he, you know, when Chris and Caitlin broke up, he was like, I bet she gets with a black man. <laughs> like, he says things that we are usually thinking at home, but I'll never forget Scott drunk and probably high in Vegas stuffing that money in that waiter's mouth. Maybe he wasn't a waiter. He might've been a maitre d'. I don't know. But, it, but he worked at that bar, restaurant, whatever the fuck they were at. And he stuffed that money in that man's mouth. Like, here's some money and you're going to do what the fuck I want. I will never fucking forget that. I, I just won't. And so it doesn't matter how many cute TikTok videos he's in. And it doesn't matter how, how many times he stands over there and like, and says the thing to Kim that we all wanted to say to Kim, it doesn't matter. I know that it is that at his base, that's what he is. And I know there are people that were arguing, well, he was high and drunk and I, yeah, okay, fine. But I'm not gonna be able to get that image out of my head ever, ever. I don't care if him and Courtney get back together and they have another baby and they name it Poosh. Actually, isn't Poosh the name of, isn't that Penelope's nickname? Um, I don't care. I don't, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't care if he tells Kylie to fix her booty. I don't care. I, that turned me off him forever, ever. I'll never like, <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of things he did in his addictions. I'm sure there's a lot of things. And we, and we saw him like, I think, um, when was it Courtney and Chloe take Long Island? The Hamptons. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like they named they named Michelle. Okay, the Hamptons. Um, he 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 went through a bad episode there, and he was acting a fool. I don't care about none of that shit. I really don't. It's the shit in Vegas that like I'll never fucking forget. Um, just just I've left dates because I felt like somebody was being like Lord of the Manor over like a waitstaff person or like incredibly rude to somebody I've left dates so it's like I don't know I just it just seems like you're not a good person um so Dr. Now like you know Steven's back to using his his nice voice and Dr. Now asks him how old he is and Steven says 33 and Dr. Now says it's time to grow up uh Steven says everyone has feelings (laughs) 
And I laughed when I heard him say that. And Dr. Niles says, I'm glad you realized that. Yeah, he's just think everybody has fucking feelings. We're all allowed to have feelings. There's, the feelings aren't the fucking problem. It's what you do with the feelings. Do you lash out? Do you hold them over people? Do you, do you try to make your feelings somebody else's problems? Um, yeah, like... This, this is something I, I especially try to practice with my kids is that like, yeah, I'm allowed to have fucking feelings about all kinds of things that happen. I'm a person. But my feelings aren't necessarily their problems. And I need to handle my feelings on my own or figure out what it is I need to do to like take care of my feelings. But it's not to be like, hey, by the way, I felt this way and this way and this way and this way because you're a child and you did. I don't do that. Like, I... I also Stephen being unhappy with himself and feeling neglected and feeling like he has he's out of that's what he's doing he feels out of control he feels like he has no power and that's fine but you terrorizing the fucking nursing staff at everywhere you go is not fine um <laughs> and then Dr. Now says he knows that Stephen came from up north, but this is Texas and you got to shape up here in Texas. Okay. <laughs> that doesn't have anything to fucking do with it. I don't know what you're talking about, Dr. Now. Dr. Now says we'll continue, that they'll continue to treat him, but he doesn't change his behavior. It's going to be a problem. So we see Stephen talking to a nurse who asks him what he needs because he hit the button. And he says, Henry. And she goes, for what? And he goes to talk apparently Henry's his favorite nurse apparently um and I I I defend a nurse asking for what because I'm sure that they she is supposed to handle if she answers the call she's supposed to handle the thing she's not supposed to go call someone else to come in there and um but Henry comes in and he's an Asian guy who shows up and listens to to Stephen complain about something there's something about I will say that we don't really see a lot of male nurses in Steven's room. And I, and I do clock some EMTs and some other uh, male staff, but I don't think Steven talks to them like that. Now, now is it, maybe I should go back and watch. Is it that he just talks to women like that? Is that what it is? <sighs> then at some point, Steven spills piss all on the floor and he keeps telling everyone he's just upset and he doesn't feel well. No shit, Steven, you're in the hospital. Nobody in this fucking hospital feels amazing. There's nobody in there that's like, wow, this is an amazing day. They're in the hospital. Um, there's a montage of nurses saying Steven has not changed and he is wild and he is spilling piss on the floor and his big ass can't get up to clean himself. So of course a nurse has to do it. They didn't actually say that. I said that. Sir. I, I understand that you can't get up and you use that urinal cup or whatever, but you also need to be careful with that urinal cup and you spill and piss all over the place and, I, and now somebody else got to pick it up and we know it's not going to be you. I'm sure, listen, it is part of the job, right? You still should be embarrassed that you spill urine all over the floor and now somebody has to pick it up because you over here throwing a tantrum. So Dr. Now shows up and scolds him and Stephen apologized. Dr. Now, so this is the, one of the few times where I was like, yeah, Dr. Now, get him. You know, last week I was all mad at Dr. Now for asking about Brandy's baby and shit. I was like, Dr. Now, you gonna let these people wait a month to find out they got heart problems, but then and when she tells you she got a baby, all of a sudden you all, you Dr. Philip and this bitch, you wanna know? 
you want to know what's going on? <laughs> but this is one of the few times I'm like, Dr. Now, put him in his fucking place. Tell him. Dr. Now says apologies don't mean anything. Steven says he's been good. He's apologized to everyone. And Dr. Now says he will not be admitted again. No, you got to go. And you're not going to be admitted again unless it's an emergency. He tells him he can stay in the program, but he has to go stay somewhere else. And Steven says he wants another chance. And, and Dr. Now says, nope. He like, Dr. Now doesn't give an inch. His, yeah, he, his little Muppet body is, is like clenched and he ain't doing it. And so <laughs> Steven says he has nowhere to go. And then Dr. Now says, if you got nowhere to go, I'll have you dropped off at a homeless shelter. Damn, Dr. Now. Damn. <laughs> Okay, okay. I see you, Dr. Now. I see you. And so Stephen is crying. Dr. Now says there is no room for negotiation. This is where he shines, kicking people out. <laughs> so Dr. Now says he can't abuse people around him if he wants help. Correct. You ask these people to help you. You are at their mercy. Yes, they get paid. That is not the same as that they, that they owe you anything. They're just here to do their jobs. And you're doing all this extra shit. And you abusing people around you. That's exactly what it is. Fucking abuse. Um, and he tells Steven to call his dad. And Steven says, can you call him? Through tears. <laughs> and Dr. Now does it. Dr. Now tells us that, um, tells us and his dad actually that Steven doesn't want help. And he doesn't want to change. And he's man- manipulative and it's over. Steven says he can't believe this is happening to him. And I'm like, you can't, Steven? It's like the third time it's happened. What are you talking about? It's, it's the third time it's happened in this fucking show. So now, it's interesting because there's a film crew filming dad, filming dad and Justin just as Dr. Now has gone to kick out Steven and is making that phone call to him. And I think, I think this is, was a reenacted scene. I think this is what this is. I don't think it's happening in real time. Maybe dad said exactly this, but I don't know. So dad says he's taking a flight down to help. Uh, he's going to take a flight down to help uh, Steven. I don't know why you don't like Steven. Steven is emotionally abusive to you. Actually, let me, let me shut that shit up. I do know why I do know why. he's your kid. And it's not just a, uh, he's your kid. I just, I bet this dad feels an enormous amount of guilt f- for the four year. Well, even before that, when you still got an alcoholic mother, when they were living together and you guys are fighting all the time and shit, he feels an enormous amount of guilt. Um, I think when he probably got arrested, uh, it's like, damn, I guess I can't hit these kids. Like, <laughs> yeah, you can't. <laughs> I, I just think he feels I'm, I'm, I'm out of guilt for these. And this isn't what he, this isn't what he envisioned for his children, uh, to be bedridden and just a wild guy who emotionally abuses everybody. And he knows he's the only one Steven has. I mean, I wouldn't go. I'd be like, Steven, you're going to have to figure this out, buddy. Cause, but, you know, whatever. He goes. Um, Justin says he doesn't care. <laughs> he said he doesn't deserve another chance. And he says he makes people miserable and screws up everything. He's talking about Steven. Steven says that since he can't take care of himself, he can't leave the hospital. And they should take care of him. And when dad walks in, Steven says he doesn't feel good and didn't eat breakfast or lunch. Well, I don't fucking believe that, Steven. And if it is, the first thought was like, oh, are you on a food strike? Are you going to show them? 
Are you? Is, what is gonna happen? Is you, are your blood levels, uh, blood sugar levels gonna drop dangerously, and then you're gonna have like some terrible thing happen to you, and then you're gonna be like, "See, this is your fault." Feels so like blackmail. Doctor now comes in to ask him the exact same thing I had, and they weigh him. He he's lost 107 pounds in the hospital, and he tells them, and Doctor now tells him that in his new place, the next month he wants him to lose another 60 pounds before surgery, and Doctor now actually says it will probably be harder. Of course it will. You'll be on your own. Steven is exactly like, I've said this before. Steven is exactly the, the candidate for to be, I thought JT this way as well, should be in the hospital. Lisa too. They need to be in the hospital to lose weight. They need someone to control what comes to them. They need, um, they are not at a point where seeing pounds drop off, especially like what's a hundred pounds when you weigh 730 pounds. Um, they're not at a point where they can be super motivated by like, weight loss or by seeing a change or by feeling a change and so you have to get them to a certain place where they're like no I can do this I'm going to do this and yeah um so they got him an apartment probably on section eight and because again he does not he's on disability uh with a hospital bed and he gets his dad's phone immediately and orders a pizza uh, or he's, or he doesn't get the phone, but he tells dad, get out the phone and order me a pizza. And as he gives his order to his dad, they do a pan down to see his legs, which look like they have gangrene on them. We can't even see his right foot again. It is covered in, I don't know, it's just in flesh. It is, it's really bad. Um, and... Dad says there's no use fighting Steven. He just orders the fucking pizza. And Domino shows up with a large cheese and pepperoni and Coke. And when Dad asks for a piece, Steven flips him off. Dad said, I haven't eaten since 6 a.m. And Steve's like, Steven's like, so? Steven tells us this is a celebratory meal for being in his own place, but he plans to get back on his diet. I don't believe you, Steven. When we see Steven again, it's been another month and he's been there alone the whole time because his dad had to go back. He says that it was scary at first, but he feels free now. Uh, but he's never been alone for Thanksgiving and Christmas. And he says, a, so he has a personal care assistant show up and her name is Princess. Now, let me tell you something right now. I don't like nobody named Princess. I've only met a couple of princesses in my life. I don't like them. I don't like them. They're all ugly and, and annoying. <laughs> Which... I should look into. Maybe I'm a clean boy. <laughs> Maybe this is just a blanket thing. It's possible. I won't rule it out. But I never like anybody named princess. I don't like no duchesses. I don't like no princes. I don't like no queenies. None of that shit. And I, I, I think even just scratching a little bit of the surface, I know that like having the name princess as a small child when you are not a princessy person and kids are assholes has had an effect on me and I don't do I'm not like I don't have crowns I don't <laughs> I don't really like pink I I I just don't I don't I don't jive with the name princess very often and so what I think it is this this intense hatred I have for all people named princess or have names like this has a lot to do with internalized hatred of this name that might be it Ain't shit we can do about it, but that might be it. In fact, when Bunny was, um, we were waiting for the adoption stuff to, 
to get on the road. She was like, when I get adopted, I'm going to change my name to Little Princess. I was like, Bunny, <laughs> don't do it because I will immediately stop loving you. <laughs> I will. I'm going to stop loving you. I don't, I, I'm not going to want to. I'm going to stop loving you immediately because I don't like people named Princess. <laughs> but I really don't like this princess because she's got this magical Negro problem. Like, vibe with her that she's come to fix everything i do not like it um <laughs> uh so like she shows up and she you know she's chastising she says that he could be a handful but she's trying she's chastising him for because there's cranberry juice there and he's like she's like i see it there that means you've been drinking it he was like when and she's like i don't need to know when i know you've been drinking it and you ain't supposed to be drinking it and you know he says that she's been helping him stick to the cat to the because uh, she comes in she does the meals um she feeds him she bathes him and helps him with like stuff around the place um and he, he says that she's been helping him keep to the to diet and listen uh, princess ain't uh, magical negro princess is not a miracle worker and i just <sighs> So Stephen misses his first appointment with Dr. Now. He's supposed to get weighed and stuff. And he's been calling home to harass Dad and Justin. And he's calling saying he doesn't have any food. And if you don't believe me, ask Princess. And Princess is probably off to the side going, why you, Why I gotta be in it? Why I gotta be in it? Don't, don't, don't tell him to call me. And Dad says, so what? Also, you had three meals delivered there today. And Stephen says, no, I didn't. And I'm like, what are they talking about? Are they talking about home delivery meals? Or are they talking about pizzas? They're talking, again, he's a Ninja Turtle. They're probably talking about pizzas. Um, it doesn't matter because dad's like, I'm broke. I can't do this shit. And you can threaten me all you want to. And Steven says, all right, but there's gonna be issues. I'm like, what does that mean? Dad says he's gonna cut off his phone and so is Justin. Because I guarantee you that Steven's like one of those people that calls 50 times and like forces you to get it, pick up the phone. Um, and Steven says, okay, don't come down here. Never. And I'm like, Steven, nobody wants to go down there. They don't even like you, but I do wonder what he's going to do. Next time we see him, Steven has not responded to any calls to the house. He has not gotten any appointments. He, people have been knocking on the door. He, he is not answering. Uh, it's probably production has been knocking on the door. And so they send magical Negro princess to the rescue because She's got a key. So she gets there. She's not answering. She uses her key. She notices that his tablet is there and didn't take his walker. And she's like, well, he's not gone anywhere. And she sees that he just filled a script for Oxy and it's already empty. And that's when Detective Princess redials on the phone, sees that it's a hospital. And she checks that he's there and surmises that he went there to get more Oxy. She says she's going to report this to Dr. Now. So the next scene is Dr. Now coming over to check out Steven, right? Steven looks terrible. His legs are worse than ever. And also he's got a new problem. He's been pulling out his fucking hair. And he, he looks comical. His hair's always been kind of longish, but now the whole top is like gone. And now it's kind of like, you know, people have long hair, but then they bald, so the top is gone, but then you've got like the mullet part. Um, he's like explaining, he has been pulling out in chunks, but in little strain, little strands. And I'm like, that's even worse. That's even worse because it means you've been pulling that shit out, shrimp. 
Dr. Now is mostly concerned about lose about losing weight. Like he's like, What you doing with that hair? All right, well, did you lose any weight? <laughs> and then he asked about the pizza that's in the, the trash can, the Domino's pizza that's in the trash can. And Steven's like mostly deflecting. Doctor now he's like, I just feel really guilty. Yeah, I did it. I feel guilty. I shouldn't have done it. And Doctor now doesn't want to hear anything about the guilt. He's not, he says Steven's not on his diet and he's abusing his pain meds. He says that they discovered he's been going to the hospital about 20 times a month. 20 times? They're not refilling his prescription 20 times a month, right? He's going and they give him like something there, right? And like, I don't know, maybe they give him a few pills and then he gets released and he goes, like, is that what it is? 20 times a month? That's a lot. That's almost every fucking day. Dr. Now tells him to stop pulling his hair and being weird. (laughs) Now that's really what he said. Again, like Dr. Now has mentioned that um, Stephen probably needs a psychological evaluation. I agree. I, I absolutely. And that's why I'm like, Dr. Now, <laughs> listen, you need to stop eating. Stop pulling your hair. Stop being weird. <laughs> His bedside manner is terrible. Also, apparently all that hair is all behind the bed. Like he's been picking it and throwing it behind the bed. Princess has to sweep it up. I don't know how much Princess gets paid, but it's not enough. It's not. And Doctor now tells them, "Listen, we're gonna send somebody to cut your hair short so you won't cut, it, so you won't pull it so much." And he asks about, um, "Is it here that he asks about it?" I don't know. No, it's later. So then we check back in with Justin. Justin said he's got a weight loss. He got the weight loss plan five years ago. He doesn't think he needs surgery, but he hasn't had time to even focus on a diet because he's too busy playing with a remote control car. <laughs> he said he knows he's doing good because he's been getting out and about to play with his remote control car. And he's still mad at Steven. He hates that his dad orders Steven a pizza every time he calls. And we see dad arguing with Steven over the phone that he doesn't have any money, but then he goes ahead and orders the fucking pizza. And he tells us that he doesn't order him the pizza, that he will go to the hospital and get drugs. That's what dad tells us. And I'm like, then let him go to the hospital and get drugs because you got to stop. Your fucking debit, your bank probably thinks that you own stock in fucking Domino's. Um, As like, as Steven is talking the phone, Justin yells, he sounds high. (laughs) Dad and Justin fuss about the pizza ordering. Justin says it's been eight times this week. And dad, dad tells him not that's none of his business. And I'm like, okay, well, it's none of his business now, but it was his business when you wanted him to ride down to fucking Houston with you. You've got to get the guy on speakerphone, so it's some of my business. I'm right here. Justin said, <laughs> I used to have a friend that if somebody was like, and this was back when we lived in New York, so he would be walking the streets. And if you were talking on speakerphone, like a train or in a restaurant or just like in the street, he would just get in your conversation. <laughs> he was such an asshole in that way. He'd just be like, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. You going to the store? I want to, I want to the store. <laughs> and people would be so mad at him, but they would leave him alone. So, <laughs> but that's how I feel like Justin is. I'm like, you talking to him right in front of him? Why isn't it his business? Justin says that Stephen will always take everything Dad has and everything Justin has, and that's the way it's always been, and it's the way it will always be. 
And next time we see Steven, he's on his way to the hospital to see Dr. Now. He's nervous. He hopes he lost the weight. He says he cheated a few times. A few times, Steven. A few times. He asked Princess to come for support, and her dumbass did it. I hope she was on the clock. <laughs> he was supposed to lose 60 pounds. Guys, he gained 83 pounds. I screamed in my living room. I literally screamed. My kids came running. They were like, are you okay? I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> when Dr. Now comes in, Stephen is crying. Dr. Now asks him about his eating habits. What What you ask about his eating habits for, Dr. Now? You know what his eating habits are. He gained 83 pounds. Dr. Now tells him this is his last chance. He needs to lose weight and stop abusing meds. Steven, with balls of fucking steel, goes, uh-huh, uh-huh, but I do need another prescription. And Dr. Now, <laughs> Jesus, Dr. Now says no and tells him to go to the hospital and cry for them. <laughs> Steven says the dragon has been unleashed. What the fuck does that mean? What the fuck does that mean? Dr. Now asks if he's seen the psychiatrist. This is where he asks him, because he's supposed to be seeing the psychiatrist, not psychiatrist, psychologist. He's supposed to get a psyche vow. It's probably going to be done by a psychiatrist. Um, maybe a psychologist. Girl, I don't know. <laughs> so, Princess shakes her head no right away. And Stephen's, and, but Stephen takes longer. He's like, I didn't really do it yet because I thought things were going well. You thought things were going well? You going to the, you going to the hospital 20 times in a month to get pain meds and eating pizza eight times a week at least? You thought it was going well, Stephen? Shit. You lying to yourself, you ain't lying to me. So that's what my mother would say anytime. I she would think I was lying. You lying to yourself because you ain't lying to me. Cause I don't believe you. <laughs> when Dr. Now leaves, Princess says Stephen tried to sell his walker. I don't know, Facebook Marketplace on the street. Like, how? And if he had done it, he would have had a pizza. And Stephen looks at her and smiles and says, pizza and cheesy fries. Dude. So they give us some close-ups of his out-of-control toenails. His toenails are wild, guys. They are yellow, and they're growing straight up. And the nodules on his legs and his green skin. And then he walks out. And again, and I noticed that he doesn't have any shoes on. Because he doesn't own shoes, guys. We've never seen him in shoes. Only in the hospital have they put, like, um, like thermal socks on him. I like it's hard for me when people don't own shoes. Like the just like thinking about the ramifications, like what that means if you don't own shoes. It means you don't ever walk anywhere. I just I I'm flashing back to I had a little a little doll and I remember that we were supposed to go somewhere. Me and my mom I was I was young. I was like probably in the fucking first grade maybe. We were supposed to go somewhere and I couldn't go because I couldn't find her shoes. <laughs> my mom kept going she doesn't walk it's fine you is she gonna walk and I was like maybe maybe she want to take a walk she was like no if she did, have you ever seen her take a walk and I was like no and she's like okay so then don't worry about the fucking shoes just bring her and to a certain extent that's how Stephen Stephen transports he doesn't walk so he doesn't have shoes the fact that he's walking in Dr. Now's office is like in is the is the exception to the rule 
Later we see him, later we see Steven in the hospital looking for meds. I mean, which is what Dr. Now told him to do. And we knew he was going to do it. And Princess is with him, still shaking her head. Princess, go get another fucking assignment. <laughs> you probably work for like, um, not like a, not like a temp agency, but like an agency that like assigns you to things. Go get another assignment. This is, don't do this. Steven is trying to talk to her about buying meds online, but he might be buying them from a cop. And then a nurse comes in and tries to gauge his pain. The nurse's name is Carlos. And Carlos comes in uh, and is like, what, so what's your level of pain? And, and Steven's like, nine, nine. And he's like, okay, is it a stabbing pain, a rubbing pain, a throbbing pain? Like he, he names like nine types of pain, more types of pain than I ever thought about. And tries to get Steven to like tell him what kind of pain it is. And Steven's like, oh, it's so hard to say. And Carlos is like, you're going to have to pick one of these pains. <laughs> I just like Carlos a lot. He's like, no, 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 no. Pick a pain. <laughs> I've given you a buffet of types of pain. Which pain is it? And, you know, Stephen chooses stabbing pain. You know, he's a bad liar. Uh, Carlos leaves. And Princess is telling, is telling Stephen he's a bad liar. She's telling him that if he's a nine for pain, he'd be on the floor. And he's just sitting there smiling. And eventually, he just tells Princess to shut up. Not in an unkind way, by the way. Like, uh, he normally talks to nurses out of fucking control. But he, more like he and Princess have a rapport. And I, I don't want to be saying this. Because I really feel like Princess is in, she needs to get a new assignment. She needs to stop with this. This motherfucker tried to sell his walker for pizza and cheesy fries. And he's smiling and she's talking about it. No. Um, also, the fact that he's looking for drugs. And he's actually literally talking about trying to buy drugs online. I think means that we probably shouldn't give him any drugs but i don't know shit about pain management so don't 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 quote me on that i'm just like <sighs> but they said it like they have a report and they sh i'm sure they do she goes she probably goes there every day and so he's like shut up like girl you play too much Ugh. you know at some at one point princess ends up leaving right she actually chucks the deuces at him. And he smiles at her and waves goodbye. I mean, they really do have a rapport. Uh, he wouldn't have no rapport with me because I would have quit the first day, but whatever. And as soon as I walked in there, he was eating cheesy fries and, and a pizza. I'd be like, no, mm -mm, I can't do this. <laughs> so I guess the next day or so, Dr. Now shows up to kick Steven out of the program. He says he's not interested in following the rules and he needs to be in rehab. And he mentions that the whole family is non-cooperative. Justin isn't participating and dad is still ordering pizzas. Steven says he doesn't like being in places where he can't be in control. Duh. But he'll do it because he doesn't want to die. And, you know, we pretty much close on that. Next week, we'll get more into their story. and But that's it. And next week, we'll have Rachel on. And she'll be able to give us some, like, insight uh, on Steven and his family. Something better than, you know, me, uh, who's just spitballing here. Yeah, um, I'll catch you guys next week, and happy Mother's Day. Spend it the way you want to, okay?